0: Rapids.
1: I'm Molly Duffy. I cover K-12 education. I'm Michaela
2: Ram. I cover healthcare. And I'm Aaron Jordan. I'm an investigative reporter.
3: Okay,
0: so for today's fact checker, we are going to be uh, examining a advertisement from the President Donald Trump that ran the same time as the Democratic debate in Des Moines. So this is a, a few weeks ago, uh, and he made a number of claims about his economic accomplishments or we will see if they were actually economic accomplishments but he made eight of them um, and we looked through and our criteria is that it has to be verifiable so we had to rule out a couple of them uh, because they were we, we decided they were subjective and uh, did not think we could um, could come up with a definitive answer Uh Now, a few of the claims, uh, his claims were about his job creation, the types of jobs in the different sectors, uh, unemployment rates, um, his uh, unemployment rates among women and minority populations, Uh, there were some claims about E15 uh, ethanol fuel, um, and then paychecks for uh, American workers. Um, so there's a, there's a lot in here, so we'll kind of get into those uh, one by one, but uh, just uh, just some of our uh, information that we used to compi- to uh, determine whether or not these, this information was true or false was from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, there is a, a report from the U.S. Energy and em- Employment uh, by Energy Futures Initiative, which is uh, led by a former U.S. Energy Secretary. Uh, and also the National Association of State Energy Officials. Uh, We also had the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis provided some information for this. Um, And just kind of overall, uh, we did find that the President was truthful in his claims. Now whether or not they're, uh, you know, whether or not this was a good thing or a bad thing is is kind of up to the, uh, you know, up up to Americans to decide, but uh, we found for the most part he was accurate uh, in, in the data he was presenting. So uh, should we get into the different claims?
1: Yeah. Do you want to just take them one by one? Sure. Okay.
0: Okay. So I will, I'll, I'll get us started because I reviewed uh, the first couple of them. So the first claim was over 7 million new jobs created. Um, now this is kind of interesting because the president has made this claim a number of times. I, I think he included it in his state of the union address. Uh, he's and then he said it at rallies. Um, on this ad, he just simply says over seven million new jobs created. In other uh, times he's tied it back to uh, since he was elected, which would have been a few months before he took office. So uh, in the way I approached this was um, to start when he took office, which was in January of 2017. You know, I suppose another way to look at it would be starting in his first full month of office, which would be February. Uh, But I I started with January. Thought that seemed fair. Um, And what I came up with there's a couple of different ways to look at job created, Um, and so using Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, if you you can track the total number of people in the workforce, uh, and by that measure. The, um, the number had grown, let me see here, um, it had grown from 145.6 million in January of 2017 to 152.2 million workers in January 2020. So that would be a um, 6.6 million growth. Uh, and then uh, another way to look at it is jobs created, uh, and by that measure, also from Bureau of Labor Statistics, I came up with 6.74 million jobs created. Um, so with some, it's a little under the president's uh, number of seven million, but with rounding, uh, you know, it it rounds to seven million. So I I scored that an A. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask about that, because the claim says over 7 million jobs created. Um, oh, good point. Mm-hmm. But really, it comes out to about 7 million jobs created. So I think even saying about 7 million would be a stretch, Yeah, honestly, from 6.6. 6. Yeah. I mean, it is more than 6 million, but I don't know if we want to take a tit for tat. And
1: Do we know what the numbers are if we did date it back to his election?
0: It's over 7 million.
1: Yeah. like. Okay. I don't know. That feels like
3: maybe something we should add just, you know, if we went back to that uh November date.
1: Yeah, I think that's worth spelling out. Um I think knowing that it it seems like it's sort of an inflation that would warrant knocking it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a B. Yeah. Um I would
3: agree with that too. I agree.
0: Yeah, and I I I could totally. I think the fact that he uses the word over um you know, I, I think as I was reviewing it, I, I, I put more credence to just $7 million, And I think if he just left it at $7 million, I think that would have been, um, you know, I, I could have supported. I, I think that would have been, you know, with rounding, it would have been on. But the fact that he said over, I think it warrants going down to a B.
1: Sounds good. Okay. All right.
2: <laughs> Rigorous feedback. Yeah.
1: Mo- good decision
0: group. Moving on. Uh, so his next claim was one million new jobs in manufacturing, construction, and energy sectors. So, again, this is, uh, I, I looked to Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, uh, and they actually had a report that just came out this month that tracked a number of different uh, sectors, uh, not just uh, construction, manufacturing, and, and energy, Um but it tracked it from January 2017 to January 2020. Um, And so there was specific, uh, they they had specific breakouts for manufacturing jobs and construction jobs. Uh, So those numbers uh, were 495,000 new manufacturing jobs created. Uh, Interestingly in there, most of that job creation occurred in his first two years and it has dropped off uh, pretty substantially in the past year and in the past four months, um, there's been a net zero job creation. So those manufacturing gain, uh, gains have definitely uh, slowed down. Um, then with uh, construction field has seen 775, 773,000 new jobs since January 2017. That's been a bit more steady in terms of growth. Um, so already right there, we're over um, we're over a million now. I should have mentioned this earlier, but we re- normally our process is to reach out to whoever made the claim to get uh, their sourcing, and we did that, but we did not hear back from the uh, Trump campaign, so we were kind of left to go um, to, to kind of find our own sourcing, and so that was a little bit of a, a issue on the energy sector jobs, because energy is such a um, such an encompassing. Um, category. It it can include so many different things. So, you know, I I kind of pulled what I could find. So in that BLS report, um, it found that mining jobs had uh, seen about 60,000 new mining jobs since uh, January 2017. Um, Utility jobs had seen a a net 10,000 job loss. Um, And those were the only two categories that I could tie to energy, but um, I did find another report from the US Energy and Employment, the, uh, the US Energy and Employment Report by Energy Futures Initiative and National Association of State Energy Officials, um, that inc- they included a number of fields. So they included um, fuel, electric power generation, transmission, distribution and storage, energy efficiency, Motor Vehicles and Component Parts is part of their purview. And that, uh, they found that the jobs had, and this was a little bit dated as well, this is a a summer 2019 report that tracked 2017 to 2018, found that jobs had increased from 6.5 million to 6.7 million. Um, So based on, uh, you know, put all together, uh, it did appear that, the president was on point in saying more than a million had, jobs had been created.
2: Hmm. That's interesting, though, that the claim is one million new jobs in these three specific fields. But you found a report that shows that that number alone in energy is much higher, could be much higher.
0: No, that was that was about 100,000. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, and. It was actually about 150,000 new jobs between 2017 and 2018.
1: But we have, but so we have a million new jobs just in manufacturing and construction, correct? And then energy is just kind of like extra thrown in there. But (laughs) I mean, it still is over a million for sure.
0: And it could have been, um, you know, if if there had been job losses, it could have potentially brought it under a million. Mm. Not sure why he would have included it if it did. Yeah. But it does make you wonder what source he was using, because, you know, j- normally you wouldn't want undercut yourself. You know what I mean? Your accomplishment by that much, but. Um, I'm good with an A. Yeah, so I, that's what I came up with an A for that one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Aaron, do you, do
3: you want me to take the next one? Yeah. A couple. Okay. So. Uh, these next two claims were are closely related. Uh, the first one is that the, the it says the lowest unemployment in over half a century. Um, so again, we went to Bureau of Labor Statistics data. They have some really cool charts online that you can go back all the way to 1948 and look at um, monthly unemployment rates. So going back 50 years to the start of 1970. Um, it's, it's accurate that the 3.5% unemployment rate that the nation had in 2019, for a few months in 2019, was the lowest the U.S. had seen in that 50-year period, um, so that is is accurate. Um, if, if you go back farther, there, there were some years when we had lower unemployment, specifically kind of coming out of World War II. Um, the, so I gave him an a there but the next claim I thought was was interesting um, it says that the US has experienced all-time low unemployment for women blacks Latinos and Asians um, so you know all time he's, he's saying as far back as you know we've got data for I'm guessing so if you go back to um, those those far if you go farther back women did have lower unemployment. In um, in May of 1953, when um, the unemployment rate for women was 2.7 percent, as compared to 3.4 um, percent last September. So I I mean, he, he's right that it's like one of the lowest in in history, but it's not the lowest. So you know, it's one of those times where if you had been a little more precise, you would have been accurate. But I I as part of that one. So, but then that's only one of the groups he's talking about. So when he talks about blacks and Latinos, there's some data about, well, there's data about all three of those groups, but he is is correct. At least the data for blacks and Hispanic workers doesn't go back as far as the overall data set um, that they've been breaking that out. But since the early seventies, he's right that the unemployment rate for those groups that we had um, last year was the lowest that it's been since least the early 70s um the fed the federal reserve's data on unemployment for asian workers in the u.s only goes back to the year 2000 but it shows the two percent unemployment rate we had in may 2018 was the lowest in the last 20 years so i thought that was interesting that it was different from the low points for the other groups which had been in 2019 so i gave i gave Trump a B in this claim and in, in this category for this claim. And, and maybe that's too much of a downgrade for being incorrect on the, the claim about women, because there are four kind of groups singled out in that claim and women is the one or is the group that he is not hundred um, percent right on. And he's still pretty close. So I don't know. What do you guys think about a B there?
1: Erin, um, I just had a question for like women's unemployment rate. Do you know, like, how do we define unemployment? Like, Brian and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, but, you know, for until recently, women didn't have high employment rates because women didn't work, right? Like, do you you know, like, how the, is it like people who wanted to work were finding jobs?
3: They have to be actively searching. And that's one of the criticisms about unemployment rate in general is that it doesn't measure people who have just kind of dropped out of the job search. Mm. Um, and whether they've dropped out because they don't think there's any good jobs or because they've decided to, um, have kids or care for an aging family member that, so this measure doesn't consider that group. Mm. So, um, I, I did put a caveat along those lines in the first claim, just about unemployment overall.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I do see that now. Sorry. I mean, no, that's
2: a- sorry. Um, I, I mean, I would, I was going to say that I do agree with the B. Um, I mean, I think that is an important distinction to make that, you know, there was a period of time when unemployment for women was, was even lower. Um, I'm also just very interested in the fact that we haven't really been tracking this data on minorities for a very long period of time, especially among Asian workers. I mean, we only have 18 years of da- data on that. That's yeah, that's wild to me. So I don't know how, what, I mean, the the campaign has to be using this sourcing, but I don't know how definitively they can say, Unemployment for Asians is an all-time low. If we really haven't been tracking that, um,
0: that's a good point. I, I hadn't thought about that, but I, I I think that's worth worth noting.
1: Do we know why we have unemployment rates for women dating back so far from the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, but don't have that for these racial groups? Is there just something I, about the I Federal don't Reserve? Know.
3: I can look and see um, I can look and see if they have any sort of explanation for why they started tracking these groups when um, you know, and add that if I can find that online.
1: Okay. I think overall, um, for this second claim for all-time unemployment for women, uh, black latinos and asians i think a b is okay um i think being off on one of four is enough to get knocked down a letter personally yeah
0: i i would agree with the b also um but you know not only was he inaccurate on on um, you know, the claim about women but also uh, along with Michaela's point is just you know claiming it's an all-time low when you have incomplete data just seems to me um, you know kind of just kind of questionable like to, to even make that claim when you know th- it's it's impossible to, to prove um, and it's such a, a condensed time frame
3: I think if we added that, if we could find some additional context there or just even added a sentence to, similar to what you were saying, Brian, I think that maybe um, bolsters the grade of the B mm-hmm. a little bit more, would help explain that to readers a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I think just like explaining what all time means here because I don't think people hear, you know, of all time and think since 2000. <laughs> right. right. Um, we kind of jumped over the first claim about lowest unemployment in over half a century, did we want to talk about that a little bit? I mean,
2: that one seems pretty straightforward. It seems straightforward, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with the A. I mean, the numbers, you know, if we look back, the the half century specifies, yeah, this is the lowest unemployment rate we've seen.
1: Aaron, you mentioned, um, I think, a period of three months that were the lowest. Um and I just don't know if we spe- if we specifically said which months those were. Um, so that was my only thing. Um, it's just maybe specifying the time period we're talking about.
2: Okay.
0: Should we move on to the next claim?
2: Let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do
0: it. All right. So the next claim is year-round sale of E15 as promised. So the backstory here is that President Trump uh, in rallies uh, and, and in other ways had been uh, promising to lift a summertime ban on the sale of E15 fuel, which is a blend of 15% ethanol, 85% gasoline. Um, and it was sort of a, an appeal to particularly Iowa corn farmers, but also um, corn farmers in general and the biofuel uh, industry uh, as a way to kind of open up new markets and you know, allow them to make more money. Uh, E15 uh, had been banned from June through mid-September because uh, ethanol has a higher volatility level. And so in the summer, liquid evaporates um, more easily into the air and thus leads to more smog. And so the idea was to kind of limit smog. And this was a, a requirement of the Clean Air Act. Um So others, I mean, I did find some research that suggested that there's really little difference between E15 and E10 in terms of creating smog. Uh, so there's that. But uh, that, that's more just background. But in, uh, so President uh, Trump ordered the EPA in October 2018 to create a waiver to allow sales in the summer. Uh, In summer months, um, and then EPA followed through in May 2019, uh, creating the the waiver and allowing E-15 sales to go on. So I found that to be accurate and gave an A.
2: I agree. (laughs) I also agree.
3: (laughs) Well, just as a reminder, that was one of the ones when we initially were looking through this list of claims we were like yeah we well, you know that one's true so yeah, yeah. I mean, but I like that you are providing the context of why it, it hadn't been done before
2: yeah
0: and to be honest I didn't realize that E15 was not available in the summer but yeah I hadn't noticed yeah, yeah to be honest I hadn't <laughs> noticed either <Bad laughs> I know which is something
2: we probably should notice but
0: <laughs> it's also interesting that you know Iowa the bulk of um, e15 is sold in Iowa so I, I'm curious like how many um, other states would even you know this would even be an issue for yeah. So um, should we Aaron do you want to talk for just a second about the the one claim that you did that we kind of question whether it's verifiable or not and then see yeah. what the group thinks
3: yeah I think this one was interesting because we initially thought it could be verifiable So, because it was not among ones that we discounted at the outset that we ruled out. Um, So the claim is bigger paychecks by 90 or bigger paychecks for 90% of American workers. So, um, you know, it's got a number in there that seems like, you know, you should be able to verify that. But it's unclear what time period he's talking about. Um, But when I did just kind of Google that phrase. Um, It had come up quite a bit after the um, tax, the big tax uh, overhaul that the uh, Trump administration passed in 2017, or Congress passed, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So like some other Republicans had commented after that, that 90% of Americans are going to see bigger paychecks. So um, I'm pretty sure that's what he was basing it on. But there was some uh, fact checking of those statements in 2018 uh, PolitiFact did a check Um, there was also just some other organizations uh, did their own estimates but so initially where that data came from was uh, from the treasury department's estimation of what the impact of that um, tax overhaul was going to be Um, and the reason that we you know and I kind of was fleshing that out writing about that but then I I messaged back and forth with uh, economist at the Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center. And he said that we just don't know yet because the data aren't out yet. The personal income tax data for the federal, um, for federal taxes aren't out yet. Um, And for for 2018, which would have been the first year that this, the tax overhaul would have been in effect. So it's hard to verify whether that is accurate and, this guy who actually is a fellow with, with Urban Brookings, he said even then it might be hard once we have the data because you won't know, um, you know, that 90% of American workers, you may not be able to compare exact groups of people. So it's a little bit, uh, you know, an uncertainty at this point whether that fact is true. So I just, as I was doing it, I thought, you know, as I got farther and farther down the road, I thought, you know, this one really isn't verifiable yet. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with, with you.
2: Yeah, no, I would agree. I think it, it really sounds like we need to wait for this data to come out to have a better understanding of what the impact will be. It sounds like there's a lot of projections and a lot of um, you know people saying that they, they estimate this is what will happen, um, but I agree. I think until we actually know that impact, I'm not sure this is something we could put a grade on just yet.
1: Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, it almost feels like one of those... Um claims of like, this will happen if we, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, um, so I think we should just maybe pause on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's well, hard
3: to, sorry, go ahead. One good thing about that is, um, it ma- that we'll make our fact checks so it's not too long to fit in the newspaper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's worth all the space that it needs. Right. No, I, I agree. It's, it's hard to, you know, to really give a, a, a up or down to something that hasn't happened yet, so... Yeah.
1: Or that has happened yet that we don't have numbers on, yes. right? There there you go. Yeah. Better stated.
0: Yeah.
2: We're not fortune tellers <laughs> just yet. <laughs>
3: I'll, okay. I'll save this one, though. You know, I'll save the work we've done on it and the sources we've talked to, because if it does become verifiable at some point, perhaps we can we can do it.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting claim. hmm
0: Okay, well, um, I we should probably wrap up, and uh, we – we
2: well, should we discuss our, the overall grade
0: that oh, we're right. giving? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So there's yeah.
2: five claims altogether,
1: right? So there's
0: five claims. I had initially said an A and felt pretty confident in that, but after changing, downgrading that first claim about one mil- or sorry, about uh, over seven million new jobs created, uh, we downgraded that to a B. Um,
2: Which gives us two Bs and three As of the five claims, right? Hmm. Yeah. If only we had a plus-minus grading system, if only. No, we have to be definitive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just uh, wh- what do you guys think? Should we go? I mean, I, f- I feel like, uh, so I guess my my view, I'll, I'll just throw it out first, is um, if it's not a solid A, then it probably shouldn't be an A. You know, if, if it's not like a clear-cut A, then it probably should not be an A. So I my my thought is to downgrade this to a B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over, I'm, a overall,
3: I'm trying to think about what we've done in the past, though, when we have the averages of grades, you know, um, like if this, if we were teachers averaging out, you know, like five tests that someone took over the course of the semester and there were three A's and two B's, I mean, it would probably come out to be an A.
1: Yeah, it would, as the education reporter. <laughs> it would be an A-minus, right? I got to say, curb these tests for us, please. <laughs> um, I was thinking that, too. I, I just pulled up the like mega check that we did a couple years ago about that um, full-page attack ad against Fred Hubble. Um, and I was trying to see if we did a total grade. I don't think we did. I think... Um, for that one there were like seven claims and so we just graded them individually and didn't do a cumulative grade so that maybe doesn't help as much as i thought it would
2: did we do an overall for um reynolds condition of the state speech a couple months ago i think
1: we did i
0: think we did but i think that was more but that was clear cut she was 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 like
2: eight a's and
1: two b's or something Uh, yeah this is a little bit more of yeah
0: in the middle
3: I mean, I would, I would argue that it, it, I think it's okay to give it an A overall. There was the one claim about, or, you know, there was the claim about unemployment and had four different groups in it. And there was only one of those parts of that claim that was off. I don't know. I just, I feel like that, uh, I feel like an A is the, is more an accurate reflection of the individual claims than a B would be.
1: I think I, yeah, I think I agree with Aaron that an A is okay. Yeah. I do worry, though, that people just see an A and they, you know, are like, oh, it's all, it's all 100%, it's 100% good. It's 100% correct, right? I don't have to.
0: That's kind of my yeah reservation as well.
2: I don't know. Would it be worth including a caveat into the conclusion that although we give it an A, if we do land on an A, that doesn't necessarily mean all of these claims were 100% correct. I mean, we do kind of say that. Um, we kind of lay out what, well, when you wrote this, it says, um, other than being inaccurate, saying unemployment among women is an all-time low. We sort of do note that um, to maybe be worth adding another note about this. Um, the first claim, over 70, or over 7 million new jobs created, that we knocked them down for that. Do we want to do a cumulative grade at all? That's a good question.
0: I, I think, I think we, we have to. I do. You do. Okay. Well, I think we have to for the for our online presentation. You need to give it a grade.
1: Mm, yeah, I guess it's been a while since we haven't done a cumulative grade. What were you going to say, Erin?
3: No, I was going to say the same thing as Brian, and plus, also, um, just that uh, we, since we share, we've started sharing our fact checks with, um, with the fact stream app, you know, that does require a overall score or grade.
0: Okay, are we, are we settled then Mm -hmm. on an A? I still, I still feel like it's a B, but I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm one of four, so.
2: Yeah. Mm.
3: All right. Well, as long as you're willing to compromise, Brian, on this one, I think we're settled.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Michaela and I are like looking at each other. We're yeah, Michaela <laughs> and, and Molly.
0: Just, just for context, Michaela and, and and Molly are struggling. They're, we're struggling with this one. They're weighing our body language says do. B.
2: <laughs> body language says C, but oh, our, our oh, B. Excuse me. There's
0: some there's some fireworks here at the end of our fact oh checker God. podcast. Uh.
1: No, I
2: think we should go with an A. I'm
1: trying. I mean. Um
2: I don't know. Yeah. I'm... I wish
1: I could remember what we'd done in the past and maybe that's probably something I'll do after the podcast is just double check what we've done. Yeah. For other checks, but I think for consistency's sake, I imagine that
2: in the past if we've had three A's and two Bs, we've begun with an A. Yeah. I was gonna say, since the majority are A's, like my gut is saying A, I think I'm just like maybe overthinking it a bit. But yeah, I think I could i I'd, I'd be comfortable with an A.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay. I guess my my only thought and, and uh, yeah, we'll go with an A. I guess my thought is, you know, A is kind of like perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not perfect because there's Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyway, I I will I will um accept defeat on this one.
3: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think our criteria don't doesn't say that an A is perfect.
1: It doesn't, oh. but how many readers know that? Or don't just see an A and say, "Well, he got it," <laughs> but I, that's I but that's like out of our control, right?
3: I agree, but you know, we, we established this criteria, and it is on our website, mm-hmm. and well, know, it's
0: accurate. It is A, A is accurate, right? Isn't that is not our criteria that that it's it's fully accurate? Also, um, I have every time I got an A in school, I assumed that to mean that it was perfect. So. Yeah.
1: There's no room for improvement <laughs> for a young Brian Morelli. Literally, I could do
2: nothing wrong.
3: I uh, I just feel like, um, you know, there have been plenty of times when President Trump has been called out for making a misstatement or lying. and But I, I don't think this ad has that. So I, I don't think there's – I don't know. Did it you says, find what the – yeah, sorry. Our criteria says to get an A, a statement must be almost completely accurate and not misleading. I don't think any of these statements is like crafted so it's technically accurate, but it's actually very misleading. I don't think we have that in this case. I think most things are pretty straightforward.
2: Yeah,
1: that's a good point. What's Mm -hmm. our criteria for a B?
3: It says to get a B, a statement may be accurate, but not put in the proper context.
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm an A. Yeah, I'm an A too.
0: Okay, settled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we can. Uh, I don't think we have anything set up yet for next week. Um, is that is that right, or did we did we decide on a check for next week, or something? I think I
3: think we're looking at a couple things potentially. Uh, something uh, from an ad about uh, uh, drug costs. And maybe some statements coming from our state lawmakers.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, so that was Tom Miller, an ad uh, tied to Tom Miller, right, the attorney general, and then one from lawmaker Dan Zumbaugh. That's, that's right. Okay. All right. Well, should we wrap up? Um, so, again, I'm Brian Morelli with the Fact Checker team.
1: I'm Molly Duffy. I'm Michaela Ram. And I'm Erin Jordan.
0: This has been produced by Stephen Colbert. The fact checkers receive editing review from Craig Jamulis. This has been recorded at the Gazette podcast studio. Theme music is Lobby Time by Kevin MacLeod. And I think that's it. So we'll fact check you later.
1: Oh, uh, no. <laughs>